Good morning. It is so good to see you. Uh, I would really like for us uh, to do our calisthenics again. If you could stand with me one more time. And I really sense today uh, a real breakthrough, and I'll explain that to you in a second. But I am so glad to know you. I really am. This morning I I came in early and uh, waved at Eddie as he was out here cleaning up, and and uh, I'm just so amazed at your heart towards the kingdom of God and what you're doing, what you're accomplishing, uh, not only in this church, but all around. I'm honored just this morning, just, I think the Holy Spirit just reminded me how honored I am to be able to teach you, to equip you for the work of your ministry. And a lot of your ministry is marketplace. It's outside the four walls. See, we're, we're not selfish here. This is not always about Valley Community Church. Your ministry is not always about what you're doing inside the church, even though you do, and it's wonderful. And we, we're just a strong, strong family. And I, I also want to remind you of 2.30 this afternoon of our Spanish service, and then also remind you that uh, the month of August, we take the Sunday evening uh, service off so that you can spend time with your families. And it's really important to the Lord, it's really important to me that you do so. So make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, barbecue, whatever you need to do. But just hang out with one another. If you're single, don't have any family around, then hang out with your friends. And just give glory to the Lord of, of who he is and what he's doing. The breakthrough that I believe we're going to hear today in the story of the Samaritan woman, and remember we're talking about when people encounter God, when you encounter God. And in the story, uh, what happens to her is she is released from and has a breakthrough from offense and inner anger, from offense and inner anger. And we're going to be surprised with what is going on today in our world, the system of our world. We're going to be surprised that this is the very thing that she was facing and experiencing by seeing things wrongly. And we're going to watch Jesus' reaction to her, and by his reaction to her, that she will be delivered and have a breakthrough from uh, offense and inner anger. I'd like to say good morning, because uh, today we have other campuses watching us uh, around the world, and I want to say good morning to you, and I want to say thank you for being a part of our service today. And to all of you uh, who are on vacation, I got a phone call from someone uh, yesterday, and they were telling me about their vacation. They're in Hawaii right now, and uh, so I know you're watching and I know you were rubbing it in, but uh, that's okay. Uh, God bless you, and I hope you learned something today. No, just kidding. But uh, isn't church fun? If it's not to you, it can be fun if you really begin to realize what it's all about. So let's pray. Father, thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the reality of the truth of the Word, and how it transforms us, how it changes us how it brings us into an area of salvation and peace and joy. Thank you, Lord, for that Holy Spirit. You are welcome in this place. We recognize you being here today. But Lord, we now ask that you would help us in the reality of this revelation today. And we give you praise for that. Lord, I thank you for the healing power of God that will just move in our bodies right now and restore us in such a powerful way. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Before you're seated, give someone a high five. <laughs> in John chapter 4, John the author writes about 
a very unique encounter that Jesus has. What we're going to do is we're going to read from the book of John, and the woman is called the Samaritan woman. We don't know her name, but we are learning and will learn her story. We will, near the conclusion of the service, bring in another woman from John chapter 8 and the result of her story also and what God does in breakthrough and delivery. Now, we've already in this series, when we encounter God, talked about John's story, and we've talked about Mary, Jesus' mother's story. So let's read a few uh, verses to get the picture here of what has taken place. And in verse 3, it says, He, Jesus, left Judea and departed again to Galilee. Now, I am pausing in these cities because we need to understand geographically um, where Jesus was, and then he walked in the different areas. Uh, But there are times in today's day that there were certain cities, um, because of the way things were in the world of that day, they would actually walk around cities because of the specific people that were in the cities. And so notice in the verses we're going to read that it particularly uh, tells us something and uses a word that kind of shows us the beginning of the story with the Samaritan woman. Let's read it again. Jesus left Judea and departed again to Galilee but he needed to go through Samaria. Now, the the shortest distance between the two cities he was from and going to would be going through Samaria. But again, the reality was because of the certain people in the city that many of the Jewish people, when they would take that trek, they would go around the city. So keep that in mind because... I'm going to show you breakthrough and how the enemy uses particular things, uh, and I will call it demonic, uh, to bring offense in you and also anger, anger that is on the inside that causes you to feel and talk and live a certain way of fear in life and anger that will keep you from what God has for you in this world. I think Jesus needed to go through Samaria because this woman needed an an encounter with God. This woman needed an encounter. There were things going on in her life and what the world was showing her and what she was being taught by those around her that she was basically needing an encounter with God to have a breakthrough. Now, I want to say this to you, that every one of us have lived in this world, and many of us need this, this same type of encounter with God so that the system or the systematic things of this world will not bring you into offense and into inner anger that you react to things not because of what's taking place. You react to things because you are coerced, and I'm going to say this demonically, to think a certain way and to speak a certain way. And this is being taught in our world again in a very strong way because this is one of the greatest uh, things that the enemy does to stop you from an encounter with Jesus to stop you from getting the answer of the situation you're facing or of the emotional trauma that you're facing in your life. So listen very closely. This is is something that you could probably go to uh, one of the most expensive psychiatrists and you're going to get better result from what I'm going to teach you today. Amen. And you don't have to spend thousands of dollars for it. John... 4 verse 5, so he came to a city of Samaria, walked into it, which is called Sychar, 
near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. And bottom line, we're talking about um, what we just did, communion. We're talking uh, literally about God's heart towards us. Verse 6, we won't read it. It talks about the sixth hour, which sixth hour of the day, the day of Israel or the day of Jewish day starts at six in the morning. So this is 12 noon and the day beginning at 6 a.m. Verse 7, a woman of Samaria, notice it continues to tell us who she, uh, where she's from and basically her background. A woman from Samaria came to draw water, which they always did at specific times. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Now, here's what I'm showing you. Every person needs a personal encounter with Jesus to have breakthrough. This is one of the best encounters with Jesus that you will ever read in the Gospels, too. Showing us how or how to help us encounter Jesus and encounter him. Now, before I go on, this is my ultimate goal today. We won't teach on this, basically. But my ultimate goal in prayer is that every one of you will lead someone to Jesus Christ before the end of this year. Every one of you, your passion to lead someone to Jesus Christ will be so much greater after today's teaching because the offense and the inner anger that is in you that, let me just say it, that every one of us have unless we understand this truth, that you will have a breakthrough and you will be delivered. This encounter will very simply show you how to lead someone to the Lord because Jesus was the master in doing so. So my first point of ministering to people is don't argue. We're going to see in the story that Jesus doesn't argue with people. Have you ever had a, uh, I'll call it an escapade, where you've tried to minister to someone and pray for them, and by the end, before you began to pray for them, or you couldn't pray for them, you started to argue with a person. So let me explain that statement. Arguing is what the enemy wants you to do with people. Because if you do, you'll never reach that result of salvation. It's not the person arguing with you or coming in disagreement with you. It is a demonic spirit that argues through. I'm not talking about possession. We've already talked about that. It's a demonic spirit that is trying to bring an atmosphere around that we don't listen to each other and we don't talk with, with each other. We are always in disagreement. In today's today, we see one generation that thinks another generation has no clue of what real truth is. And so whatever one generation will say to them, that they basically will say, no, that's not true, because what I read somewhere else, which is not true, that they are believing that, and so they disagree with you. And bottom line, that is the systematic way that the enemy tries to work in our world. The bottom line is to keep you and me from encountering Jesus in areas of our life. Remember, encounters with Jesus are simple encounters too. They're just not this deep spiritual things. They're encounters when you're out camping. They're encounters when you're out bowling. They're encounters when you're on the golf course. They're encounters when you're at a birthday powder, uh, party. Because what Jesus wants to do is he wants to be a part of your life in every area. And so God himself comes to you but because we live our life with offense and inner anger, we push them away all the time. And when we see things, we hear things, people say things, we automatically step into anger and or offense. And so the Holy Spirit can't reach us. There is a spiritual realm out there, a demonic spirit, that's doing everything they can 
to, to get it to a place and set an atmosphere where you will not have an encounter with Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you, in my life, I have learned years ago, I want daily encounters with Jesus. I want to learn from you the encounters that you've had with Jesus because you all are amazing and you've all had encounters, you've learned things and I want to watch you, I want to listen to you, I want to talk with you, I don't want to argue with you, I, I, I want to listen to you and hear what God is saying through the word of God and the Holy Spirit of your story. So what I'm trying to do is to get you to understand you have a story and some of them are ugly. How many of you know that? Some of mine are ugly too. But many of them are beautiful. And I can learn from you also, as you well can learn from me. Notice in the Scripture as we read that Jesus was never drawn into an argument with the woman. I'll show you here three times the demonic spirits tried to argue. And they're going to do the same thing with you when you try to witness to people. Here's another thing. Remember when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness? Jesus never said, <clears throat> you know, I am. He said, if you are the son of God, and Jesus said, I am. He didn't argue with him. What did he do? It didn't even bother him. And that's what happens a lot of times when we live in this life. What people say and do or don't do bothers us because we're carrying offense and inner anger inside of us. And I want to say to you, you can break through. People say the awfulest things. People will say things that will hurt you and want to hurt you. And I've learned that, especially in ministry. I, I, I don't allow it to because I know where it comes from. It comes from wonderful people who mean well, but they are living with offense and inner anger, and say, they say things that they don't want to say, but they do. Jesus just said, it is written, it is written, it is written. So don't get drawn into arguments. So let me show you the three common arguments made in this passage will show you the demonic uh, strategy of today. What's going on in our school systems? What's going on in our jobs? What's going on on TV? What's going on in social media? And then you'll begin to see it. <clears throat> the first is called race. Look at this, verse 9. Then the woman of Samaria said to Jesus, How is it that you, being a Jew... Ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman. <clears throat> For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. In that day, as of today, there was some racism. As in today, there is some racism. But she is saying, sir, you don't understand there is a history between Samaritans and Jews. There is a history with our races that would cause there to be friction. So why in the world are you asking me, a Samaritan woman, to get you a drink? Because you're a Jew. <clears throat> She's offended and have a little inner anger in her. <clears throat> Excuse me. But notice what else she brings in. She's in such bondage Remember, Jesus needed to go into Samaria. We're going to see the end result of what happens here also. And it's powerful what will happen when we have breakthrough with offense and inner anger. She needed the encounter with Jesus because she also brings up gender saying, you being a Jew and me being a Samaritan woman. So friction is there between gender. And the reality is, it's not friction because 
If you understand Scripture, Scripture never deviates from you and I, male and female, being created equal. And I watch it, I look at it, and I watch people, Christians, pastors, I watch non-Christians, I watch teachers, I watch people, young people, old people, walking around with offense and inner anger on something that is coming straight from the pit of hell. A woman to be subservient with an encounter with Jesus, you are never subservient, and Jesus never looked at you that way. She is saying, you can't talk to me because there is a barrier between us in race and in gender. Now, this is Jesus' reaction to that demonic argument. Watch this. He never addressed it in the story. Think about it. Of the trillions of dollars and the multi-trillions of words that are being taught today to try to create offense and inner anger in you and me regarding us. So I'm going to show you why Jesus did not do that. Because remember, the ultimate end result is to lead people to Christ. Jesus was leading her to him so she could have breakthrough in the offense and the inner anger she lived with all her life. That kept her bound. That kept her from getting to the place that God wanted to call her into. So, first, race is a man-made barrier. Race is not a God-made barrier. This is not the heart of God. Don't let race, culture, ethnicity, social status, gender cause you to put a barrier between you and others because when that happens, you begin to put a barrier between you and God and having an encounter that will bring you to what God has called you to. You are talking to a soul when you are witnessing who needs Jesus Christ. You are talking to a person created by God. Parents teach your children to love God in spite of people who are teaching them who are offended and have inner anger inside them. It is not the school system's job to teach you how to love God. Parents, it is your job to teach. For you, uh, we have babies in here, babies in the nursery. Hallelujah, I love babies. And I love them when they're here. And I love them when they coo and even when they cry in here. I don't care. I want you to understand, I'm a family man, and I love children. But moms and dads, it is your position, your authority, your place to teach your children about God and God's system of his kingdom. And that there is no racism, and there is no walls between gender. That we are co-equal, created in the image of and the likeness of God. And we need to understand that and begin to realize that. And I will say something, and you know me, I try not to be political, but you're going to grab this as political, and that's okay with me if you do. And I'll just say this to you. If you're listening to me online, don't email me. I won't argue with you. I will tell you Jesus loves you. CRT is demonic. It is exact opposite of what God says. It's the exact opposite of what God wants to do 
And if you are believing this, then you are putting a wall between you and God because God is not pleased with the teaching of offense. Even though there are racists in this world, even though there are, there are angry people in this world, there are awful people, there are sinners in this world, there are murderers in this world, there are perverts in this world, you need to understand, you teach your children that God loves everybody and that everybody is equal. The only difference when people become less equal is because they choose to live out their offense and their anger. And some of that comes into a place where they have to be put in jail because they will destroy other lives and family. Now, let's go on. This might shock you. (laughs) I don't believe in evolution either. I believe in creationism. People today are mixing creationism, even in church, and evolutionism. The truth, we are created in the likeness and the image of God. We do not evolve. We get smarter, which if you study the word evolving, it's you get smarter. But we don't evolve from animal to human, from human to whatever. Do you realize that every bigot uses evolution as part of his argument? I'm just using terms of today because in the story of the Samaritan woman, the same terms are there. They just use different words. Racist people say one race is more evolved than another race. That's why racism is wrong. Tell your children, racism is wrong. Because your neighbor, your friend, is created in the likeness and image of God, and they are equal with you. And we have to get to that place of stop listening to the badgering of this demonic system that is trying to destroy you. And and the ultimate goal is to bring offense and inner anger in you so that you won't have an encounter with God. And if you don't have an encounter with God, then what's going to happen is that you won't reach the destiny that God planned for you. Evolution is not only anti-Scripture. It also is anti-constitutional in the United States of America. Our Constitution says we were created equal. Even though history shows that we had racist people in America then and today. But in most cases, most people understand the truth that we are created equal. And we need to grab a hold of that truth. Our universities, some of our seminaries are teaching the same thing with CRT. It doesn't say we evolved equally, equally, but we were created equal. By the way, (laughs) I've learned a long time ago, I know women are smarter than men. I get it. I get it. I remember when my kids were young. I'd be working and come home and kids were, you know, being kids and Terry's just this calm woman and just, you know, and this and this. this. Why are they doing Because she'd tell me why. So I'd just sit at my wife's feet and learn from her how to be a parent. And I want you to understand this. I'm not saying that she's, she's better than me. I'm just telling we can learn from each other with the encounters that we've had with God. And we have to get, see, some people just got offended. Some man got offended because you're living in offense and inner anger, trying to prove yourself to your woman that you're better. And I'm just telling you, if you're watching me, I'm just telling you, no matter what you think, no matter what happens, whether you think you're better or not, God created you equal with your wife. So love your wife 
equally as you love yourself. Are you with me, church? Okay. Hmm. Where does God want us to go from here? Speaking of race, let's go to the second thought here. The second thought is reason. The word reason. In verse uh, 10 and 11, it says, Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Notice what Jesus does. He doesn't argue with her, but he goes into the spiritual realm of teaching of, Hey, I'm God. And if you'll ask of me and see me as you should see me, not from the offense of your past, not from inner anger, and you see me, the woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, <laughs> and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Now, that's a reasonable question, because if you think of it, in that day, they had to go down into a well, and Jesus didn't have anything. So notice Jesus is talking on or about a spiritual level, and the woman is talking in the natural level. You are talking on a spiritual level, and the enemy comes back and says this, yeah, I know what you're saying about creationism, but what about the dinosaurs? What about what the scientists say? Well, if you really study what the scientists say, the science, science will prove creationism. If you really study it and don't listen to the jabber of the world system because they don't tell you the full truth in science. You know, let me just tell you this. It's okay to say, I don't know all about that. I've had people ask me questions. You know, I don't really know all about that. But what I do know, once I was blind, but now I see. So I'm not going to argue. I've done that. I have people come in with thick, that thick of a syllabus proving to me tithing is wrong, proving to me this is wrong, healing's not for today. And I say, you know what? I would be glad to read it, but I'm not going to argue with you. Well, I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah, you are. You're already arguing with me. And, and I won't do that. Why? Because my end result is not to argue and is not to go after someone and try to prove my point. I'm just going to show them the love of God. And I'm going to be gracious and forgiving to people. Let me say this. Church, you are qualified to be a witness if you've already had an encounter with Jesus Christ. You're born again, you are qualified to lead everyone to, to Jesus Christ. Now, everyone needs a God encounter, and if you had one, they need your encounter. So that's what I do. I know my encounters with Jesus. I know the encounter has proven the Word of God through my life and also the Word of God. And when I taught you last series about the Word of God and how everything else written about religion, that, you know, how the, the percentage for the Word of God, the prophecies that come to pass, far surpasses all the other books written and all the other religious uh, things that have been written, that it's provable by science that Jesus Christ is real because he's proven not only from prophecy, but it's proven from history that he lived and that he died and that he rose again in history also. And we have to get to a place in our life that we don't get around and live our life with offense and anger. I'm telling you, church, I watch it. I can see it when people come in you know, they're very humble. They come into my office for counseling through the years. And then once I say something that grinds them of what they want to, you know, I ask them to try to do because the Word says it, and they don't want to do it, then I can see the anger building up and the offense building up. And then we call them for the next appointment. Oh, I can't make it today. 
I tell my assistant, they just got offended last time. They're living with offense. And until you have a breakthrough and an encounter with Jesus Christ, when you have situation in your life, you'll never get through it. You'll always, as the life of Joseph, you'll always have to take the test over again. Now, Pastor, you're, you're kind of being hard here. No, I'm not. I am loving you to pieces right now because I am breaking through the stuff in this world. I am breaking through. Hey, I went into L.A. one day, and I went into because I love collard greens, all that southern pork chops, collard greens, all that stuff. And there was a restaurant that was basically had good old Detroit food, okay? Went in there. No one greeted me. I went and sat down, sat there for 25 minutes, and no one came to ask me what I wanted, but they were serving everybody else. Everyone else was black and I was white. So I walked out, and um, I just said to the person that was at the door, I said, God bless you. Have an amazing day. I wish I could have tasted your food. And I walked out. I didn't carry a grudge. I wasn't offended. I wasn't angry. Because you know why? They're stupid. They lost $15, $20. Whatever it was, whatever it was going to cost. They're dumb. They're ridiculous. But you know what? I want to tell you, exactly the problem is, is they've been taught, you know, they've been taught racism. They've been taught these things. So now they're offended by me even though they don't know me. And, and so that's what you see in, in the racism today. And there's a few people that do that, but I've, I've walked in other restaurants, all black people, all Hispanic people. They come in and they, you know, I don't know, maybe they saw, oh, a white guy coming in here, great. Let's show them our real food, you know. You know, I just said my only experience used to be in Michigan of, of you know, food in our culture here was Taco Bell. Yuck. Now, because I know the real food now because of what you've done and the food that I've tasted that you've made. So the reality is, is, is the, offense, the offense and the inner anger is taught from a young childhood. That's what you see. That's what you see on TV. You see the gender uh, differences on TV. Growing up, all the all the old programs, you know, the, the man was the idiot and the woman was the smart one. You watch that. The daddy was a, a ding-dong all the time in the programs, in the Hollywood shows. Why are they doing that? Because that is demonic. Each one of us, moms and dads, you are important. Male and female, you are important to your family. Brothers and sisters, you're important to your family. And we need to stop looking at this situation and allowing Uh, educational system, whatever it may be, teaching us, here it is, end result, end result. No, we're not teaching racism. We're not teaching. End result, to be offended with others and to have anger. And we need to have breakthrough. Some of you might be uncomfortable right now because you've been raised in this. But I want to tell you, I love you That's why I'm teaching this. And let me just tell you, I've had this teaching for about a year and a half. Not knowing what we're going to be experiencing in the last year, year and a half in our political system. So God, because I live in a prophetic uh, ministry, God gives me things before they take place. And I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm just telling you, you know, the people go out and they say, yeah, well, he's just trying to be current today, you know, and what he's talking about. No, I'm trying to be prophetic to you, and I love you enough to help you break through and be the best moms and dads you can ever be, the best brothers and sisters you could ever be, and lead people to Jesus Christ. And Jesus teaches us this. Everyone needs a God encounter, and if you had one, they need your encounter. Church family, I'm your pastor, but I need you. I need your story. I love your stories. 
I love your faith. I love who you are. Here's the third. Religion. It's brought up in this story. Verse 20. Our fathers worship on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is a place where one ought to worship. See, religion is man's attempt to get to God, where they change the rules every other week. Christ is God's attempt to get to man. You have to realize it is not about religion. It is about relationship. God every day wants to encounter you. But if you're living in offense and inner anger, that you are blocking God from encountering you and from you receiving the encounter like the Samaritan woman. Witnessing is not about religion, what church you go to. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. So let people see your genuine relationship, and they will want what you have. I do that. There's a lot of times I don't tell people I'm a pastor. I got, I got friends, peers, that will walk up to anybody, any stranger, say, hi, my name is Pastor, and they say their name. I don't do that. Hi, my name's Gary Klaus. How are you? I want them to know my story. I don't want them to know my position. I don't, know, I don't want them to know, quote, this is man's term, religion. I want them to know me. Because if they got to really know me, they would know Christ. If they get to really know you, they will know Christ. That's being someone that leads people to Jesus. So it is not about religion, it's about relationship. Let people see you. Here's number two. If you want to help someone have an encounter with Jesus, just talk. And in parentheses, put, and listen. (laughs) Just talk and listen. Verse 7, John 4. A woman of Samaria came to draw water, Jesus said to her, give me a drink. He didn't walk up to her and say, hi, my name is Jesus the Christ. I'm God. Give me water. Now, I understand that Jesus was thirsty, and he basically could have got his own drink. But he, was, he needed to go into Samaria because he needed to give breakthrough and an encounter with this woman. So you initiate conversations with people so you can eventually share Christ with them. There are times I will talk with people, get to know them, they'll get to know me. They don't know what I do. And then after a while, someone will walk up to me like at the club when I'm working out, and they say, I just heard you're a pastor. Yeah, I am. You still like me? I joke laughing. Oh, well, I knew there was something different about you. And I say, well, what do you mean by that? You know, so, well, I try to make it light I, I, because it's not about me. I can have a conversation with anyone, anywhere, at any time. That's my personality. So how do I know that? And let me tell you how I know I can do that. Every person in the world has a favorite subject. Did you know that? Did you know you have a favorite subject? Every one of us do. I also know what that subject is. Every one of your favorite subject. Your favorite subject is you. Okay, I used this before. Have you ever had someone take a picture with your phone of you and your family? And then you want to look at that picture? Who's the first one you looked at? To see if you look good. And what happened to that picture if you didn't? Delete. Amen. Some of you are like, yeah, that's you. (laughs) So if I ask you, you know, about you, you'll begin to talk. Children, grandchildren, job, where you grew up, your hobbies. Amen. Now, okay, i got to lead them to the Lord, so... What do I, oh, hobbies. What what is your hobby? No, 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 no. Because you care about the person. You want to know what 
they did or what they do. Now, I know sometimes you start talking to some people and they never stop talking. And you wish you never had conversation with them. But that's all right. You can get over that after a while. You will never lead someone to the Lord unless you engage them. Just talk. Let me tell you probably a word that would be really good when you walk by people. You know, in California, everybody's like this. You know, like that. Just say, good morning, and go on. They're going to go <laughs> California style. <laughs> Remember the story I told you a long time ago is when Terry and I moved from here to North Carolina, um, I, I knew the culture because I grew up in Michigan, same type. And <clears throat> we were driving around, and everywhere we'd go, we'd pass somebody walking on the sidewalk, and they'd, and, Terry, and I'm, I'm waving, and Terry looks back and says, who are they waving at? I said, you, honey, they're waving at you. They're saying hello. So just say hello to people. The fear that we have. And we need to understand, we need to begin walking in our life with the joy of the Lord instead of the fear of the offense and the inner anger in us. So let me give you things to talk about or a sub-point on how to talk and listen. Here's some things. Once you start doing the ministry, this is what Jesus did. Look at verse 10 of John 4. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Jesus began talking about abundant life. Every person wants abundant life. Every person wants peace and joy. Church family, people are hurting, and they're putting on a fake smile. They want joy. And the only way to get joy is not that you take them out to eat or you give them five bucks. They get joy because they get the joy of the Lord of the encounter that you had with Jesus Christ. You can talk about the peace and joy you have now as a believer that you didn't have before. You're not trying to impose religion on someone, but relationship. Talk about the relationship with Christ. And listen, I love Valley Community, and I always brag on you. You should come to Valley Community, man, the greatest people in the world. And I'll begin to explain why I say that. But the reality is, is I want them to know Jesus. So you're not trying to impose religion. They can argue with dinosaurs, the flood, race, gender, climate change, you name it. It's all there. But they can't argue about your your encounter or your story of Jesus. Just talk about abundant life. I love, especially little ones. Okay? This morning I had a bunch of little ones, most of them my grandchildren, a bunch of little ones come in my office. I taught them on abundant life. You know what I did? I gave them each four jelly beans. Four of them. Can you believe that? And they had a choice between orange and black. Wow. And I told everyone when I gave it to them, proud of you, love you. Amen. Now, before you were miserable, lonely, angry, but today there's joy and fulfillment in you because of your relationship with Jesus Christ. Remember I talked about the three arguments, which is race, reason, and religion. Look at Titus 3. You'll see it on the screen. Titus 3, verse 9. Look at this. But avoid foolish disputes, genealogies, contentions, and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and useless. The strategy of the demonic strategy is unprofitable and useless. Look at this. Genealogies, race, contentions, 
reasons. Strivings about the law, religion. There's those three arguments. That's what you see today. They are unprofitable and useless. Avoid these. So my second point now is eternal life. What do you talk about? Eternal life. John 4, verse 13. Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life, eternal life. Every person has a God-shaped void in him or her. Now, my wife has gone through a lot of deaths of family members past few years, three years, and a lot of people from our church. Good friends, peers. And it hurts. It's hard. It's emotional. But I always know eternal life. It's not some type of saying to make some people feel well. But I am strong in the midst of doing my mother's funeral, doing my mother-in-law's funeral, doing my father-in-law's funeral, doing Roy Rivago's funeral. You know, I could go on down the line, Ray, Yogi, all these people that I love dearly. But I'll tell you what, there is strength in me because I know the eternal life that is there. And I see some of the spouses in here, and I want to tell you, I love you. You know that. And I've talked to you about eternal life. Every person has a God-shaped void in him or her. Every person has a God-seeking desire in them, even if they're demonic. We saw the story of the demoniac, how the demoniac came and fell and worshiped Jesus. It's called zeal without knowledge or a measure of faith. God has given each one of us a measure of faith to believe in him, to have encounters with him. So here's a third subpoint you can talk about. Talk about sin. Some churches say, don't talk about sin. You offend people. Really? Jesus talked about sin. It's just how you talk about the sin that's vital. Are you condemning? Or are you uplifting? Watch this. Verse 16 through 19. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and, and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have said, well said. I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband, in that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, Sir, (laughs) I perceive that you're a prophet. See, the point was, here it is, talking about the sin. The sin was her need. She's living in offense and in her anger which created the problems in relationship, but her need was always there to have relationship. And Jesus is trying to tell her, if you have relationship with me, you will be able to have a relationship with others because you no longer will walk around with offense and anger. You will no longer live this lifestyle that everything that is said or done or not said or not done will offend you. Are you with me, church? I am no better than you. Every one of us in our stories have messed up. The way we talk with people, some people think that we think we are better than them and we're not. I'm no better than the homeless guy that sometimes we have to chase away from this property for your safety. I'm not better than because I have received the grace of God like you have. I didn't deserve this peace. I didn't deserve this joy. I didn't deserve salvation. 
But when I received Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ paid the price for that. And by his grace, I now am walking in the joy of the Lord. And that's you. That's you. Church, we have to understand, don't avoid subjects, but don't talk about them or sin in a condemning way. You can talk about sin, demons, bondage. In John 8 is another story. Jesus said to the adulterous woman after the accusers left, remember that? They were going to stone her. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. You know, how many times you hear today on TV, well, because of what happened to me, yeah, I can do that. I can break in a, a, a store and steal. I deserve that because I've been mistreated because of my color or whatever. And I just want to tell you, that is demonic. That is demonic. We have to get to a place of recognizing where all this stuff in our world system is coming from. And Jesus, knowing he needed to go and meet the Samaritan woman to teach us that this type of thinking, offense and inner anger is demonic. Fourth sub-point to talk about Jesus, have relationship with God. See, it's about relationship. John 4, back to John 4, verse 21. We're almost done here. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem, speaking of the religion, worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth, speaking of relationship, speaking of encounters with God. Church family, all those listening online, Jesus loves you because the Bible tells me so. Not because your life is perfect. Not because you haven't had hard times. Not because someone's been racist towards you. Not because someone has hurt your feelings, said something, done something, didn't do something. I want you to understand, if you will live your life with the joy of the Lord because of the encounters with God, no matter what goes on, you will break through into what God's destiny is in your life. And you will never walk around miserable. My father used to call it being a miserable cuss. And I want you to understand that we must realize from the story of the Samaritan woman that we can be delivered from this offense and from this inner anger because we no longer, no longer, excuse me, no longer listen to the demonic influence of what the world is trying to teach you. Here's the last one to talk about. And basically my third point, Jesus talked about himself. Verse 25 and 26, John 4, the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. You know what happens at the end result? And this is what will happen to you. Your family, your coworkers, your friends, your neighbors. She, she goes back and leads the whole city to the Lord. Read the story. I could spend five more hours on this. Everyone's looking at their watch. Please don't. <laughs> this Samaritan's woman, she changed the whole world. 
Why? Because Jesus needed to go meet her because she needed an encounter. She began reasoning race, gender, what the world taught her. And Jesus ignored that, didn't argue, and talked about bottom line relationship with him. She was delivered from her offense. She was delivered from her anger. And she went back with excitement and told everybody about her encounter, her story. She's just as important as you are. Amen. We're equal. Tell your story. What happened to you in your encounter? And when you begin doing that, you will see your circumference of people will turn around and get born again and get changed and have a breakthrough also from offense and inner anger. And with that, the joy of the Lord will always, always be your strength. Let's just settle that in our hearts right now. Pastor Ryan, if you want to come on up. Let's just settle that. That deep breath. But let the breath not only be physical, let it be spiritual. To release this awful bondage. The oh, offense. Man, there are people I know I have to just parse my words. I have to just make careful that I say it just right. They're going to be offended. Amen. You know, you've got people like that too in your life. Or maybe that's you. Remember, Israel used to go around Samaria. Maybe the reason why you're struggling is people are going around you because you're angry. And every time you're around, they're around you, you stress them out. Let's get real here. You stress them out. And so when we recognize this, let me just say it to you. It's sin. But let me say it to you. We all did it. Or some of us still have it. What do you do? Confess it before the Lord and move forward. And no longer. No longer. Let's all stand. So again, she goes back to the whole city and they all receive Christ because of her story. The female who struggled in life was a hero of faith. You're a hero of faith. So let me close with a statement, then I want to pray for you. Be a world changer. Change your world. But always remember, if you ever want change in your world, the first person that needs to change is yourself. So when you look at that photo that's taken, you start looking at others how beautiful they are instead of whether you like the picture or not. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit that is so thick right now in this place. Lord, I know it's extended to the other places of worship that are watching right now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, 
May the power of the Holy Spirit bring change and victory over this world strategy, this bondage of this anger and this offense. Thank you, Lord, for the Samaritan woman. One day in heaven, we will know her true name. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Lord, for salvation and the healing power of God that just moves in our bodies and restores us to health. And we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I love you. Have a great week.